Today is one of the most distinctly Catholic celebrations of the year, the Feast of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ, popularly known as Corpus Christi. This feast has inspired great works of art, it has inspired hymns, poetry, and it inspires every year the Corpus Christi procession, which Mother Nature seems to have other ideas about this year. I don't think we'll be going outside for the procession today. Uh, Instead, we will have uh, exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, prayers, and then we will take the sacrament in procession around the church after, um, after Holy Communion today. I would also like to recognize and thank our First Holy Communion students who are here this morning, our First Holy Communion young people who will be joining in the procession uh, with us this morning. And all of this, all of this celebration today goes back to the gospel that we just heard, the night of the Last Supper. That night that was filled with so much mystery and tension. The night when Jesus anticipated what he would do the next day on Calvary. When he prefigures sacramentally the offering of his body and his blood as a sacrifice. At the Last Supper, Jesus pours everything that he is his life, his divinity, his humanity, his death, his resurrection, he pours it all into that bread and wine, so much so that they are changed, that their substance is no longer bread and wine, but his body and blood, because they are so full of who he is and what he is here to do. The roots of that Last Supper go back even further. They go back to the ancient Jewish worship, the offering of animals in sacrifice, which we heard about in the first reading today from the book of Exodus, how Moses sealed the covenant between God and his people, the covenant of the Ten Commandments, with the sprinkling of the blood of bulls. Those, the blood was poured on the altar and then it was sprinkled on the people, sealing the covenant with God. This animal sacrifice is foreign to us, but it made perfect sense to ancient peoples because they were so aware of how blood communicates life how blood is the life force of animals and of human beings. If you think about it, it makes total sense. Last Monday, we celebrated Memorial Day. What is Memorial Day? But a celebration of those who have shed their blood, given their life for our nation. What does the Red Cross ask for every time there's a natural disaster? They ask for blood donations because blood gives life. I go see my doctor every six months whether I need it or not. And what does he do? He takes my blood. 
because he can see in that blood the health of my body or if something is wrong in my body. Life has, blood has these life-giving properties and that's why it was used in the ancient worship. It represented the life that came to the people from God. So then at the Last Supper, when Jesus says, this is my blood, which will be shed for many, would have made the apostles' ears perk up, made them really listen, because they realized what he was trying to say, that this wine become his blood would communicate his life to those who eat his flesh and drink his blood. The second reading today was from the letter to the Hebrews. And the author says that Jesus' blood accomplishes what no animal sacrifice could ever do. Because it's the blood of God shed for his people. The blood that Jesus sheds communicates divine life. So much so that when we eat the flesh and drink the blood of Jesus... It's meant to change us. When we eat regular food, our body takes that food and breaks it down and transforms it into the building blocks of our body. But when we eat the flesh and drink the blood of Jesus, we are transformed by that. That food transforms our bodies. So, my friends, what does this mean for us? What is the takeaway on this feast day for us. I I would like to suggest three things. The first is that today's feast reminds us that our Christian life is primarily about a relationship, our relationship with Jesus Christ. And the Eucharist shows us how much Jesus desires that relationship, that he shed his blood for us, And not in sort of some generic way for everyone, but for each of us specifically. He shed his blood so that he could communicate his divine life to us. So that we can be with him in this life and then forever in heaven. If you think about it, no other religion speaks this way. No one ever talks about eating the flesh and drinking the blood of the Buddha or Confucius. Because the Christian faith, the Christian faith is based on this relationship with Jesus, this God who wants to be so close to us that he offered himself in sacrifice. Secondly, today's feast day reminds us of the great lengths that God goes to to demonstrate his love for us. Think about the fact that Jesus comes to us in the Holy Eucharist in the most unassuming way possible, as bread and wine, something that each of us have in our houses, in our homes. He comes to us in such an unassuming way that sometimes we can forget what's going on at Mass. We can forget that every Mass is a miracle. The miracle of God's divine love communicated to us in bread and wine that has been changed into the body and blood of Jesus. 
whether we celebrate the Mass in a, in a great cathedral or a, or a little simple church or something in between, every Mass is a miracle, a sign of God's divine love for us. And lastly, this feast day reminds us that God has graces that he wants to give to us. And there's a, there's a principle in theology that says that grace is received according to the mode of the receiver. That simply means that God gives gifts to us in the capacity that we can receive them. So if we are open to receiving great gifts, he will give great gifts to us. If perhaps for whatever reason we don't have that capacity, he gives them in a smaller way to us. In an ideal world, we would be overprepared to receive Holy Communion. We would be free from all sin. We would have fasted for an hour. We would have been recollected in prayer. We would be super zoned into what's going on at the Mass. But we don't live in a perfect world. We live in an imperfect world. And we're distracted. We're distracted by the guy behind us who sings too loudly. By the lady in front of us whose blouse is distracting. By the kids. Perhaps somebody hanging off of us, somebody following behind us. We're distracted. But we want to receive Holy Communion in the best state possible. We want to be open as close to that ideal state as we can so that Jesus can fill us with every grace he wants to give us in Holy Communion. So at the very minimum, that means that we are free from mortal sin, that we have fasted for one hour before receiving Holy Communion, that we are prayerfully recollected when we attend the Mass, that we believe in what the Eucharist is, the body and blood of Jesus. At the very least, we want those things to be in place so that Jesus can fill us, so that communion can be for our benefit. My friends, let us always receive the gift of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament worthily. May we see every Mass that we attend for what it is, a miracle. And may each reception of communion, communion communicate every grace that Jesus wants to give us. And may it remind us that God wants to remain close to us each and every day.